ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to part two of episode two of the Before It Was School podcast. I'm your host, Tom Roberts. This is technically episode three, but episode two ran for so long that I've had to cut it into parts. Unfortunately, Jay later could not be here to re-record the intro, so I'm doing it solo for now, and possibly uh, part three as well. Now, on this episode, we're going to get into a film, our favorite movie, our favorite movie universes outside the MCU, and we're going to get into a very long and very in-depth debate, uh, I say debate, but it's more of an argument <laughs> between the two of us, uh, about 1994 in film, whether it was the greatest, whether it should even be considered the greatest. I believe it should, Jay believes it, it shouldn't. Uh, where do you fall? Contact us on B4IWC uh, at Gmail or go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the Before It Was Good podcast, all one word, or hit me up on Twitter at Tom underscore Dom89. That's T O M D O M 89 underscore in the middle of the words. And uh, yeah, what do you say we kick off the show? Welcome, 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 Okay, so segment two is movies. Um, so the topic one that Tom sent me was, what is your favorite movie and why? And it's been my favorite movie since I was about 18. No, sorry, I would have been 19 when I first saw it. Became my favorite movie, been my favorite movie ever since. I've got the T-shirt for it, which is a bit dark, and that is um, The Silence of the Lambs. Oh, first horror movie in history to win an Oscar. Uh, didn't The Exorcist win one? No, it got nominated, but Silence of the Lambs was the first ever to win it. Okay. Well, yeah, it's like, well, first of all, Anthony motherfucking Hopkins, a.k.a. Odin. Um, 15 minutes on screen and won an Oscar. Yeah. Um, absolutely amazing performance. Fantastic character. Um, when, like, because it came out in the 80s or 90s, I can't remember. 92, I think it was, or 93. 92 or 93, there were so many action movies of the average man. You had your diehards coming out. You had all that sort of thing coming out. And then we get this villain who's not a physical specimen. Like, yeah. he's strong, but he's not a physical specimen. He's intelligent. He's manipulative. Just an absolutely amazing character. And then you look at the supporting cast. Jodie Foster as Clarice Starling is amazing as this very early, like, rookie um, FBI agent, or is it yeah, FBI, um, rookie FBI agent who has, is going into this thing and has to play this psychological game with a mastermind and just that back and forth between the two, that mutual respect as, from the characters and then the overall storyline and then, oh, what's his name? Let me just find what his name is, the guy who plays Buffalo Bill in it. Um, Sorry, I'm on my computer. So yeah, I can look he, it up. he's from uh, the show Monk, 
as well. Yeah, he's, and he's been in a bunch of other shows. Um, How he didn't win an award or like uh, an Oscar is beyond me. Because he was outshadowed, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Ted Levine. Ted Levine. Ted Levine, um, yeah. Amazing actor. He's also in um, Jurassic Park Fallen kind- Kingdom as the main hunter. Yeah. Um, and he's also in Evolution with David Duchovny <laughs> as oh, the military I general. That. I love that movie. Oh, it's great. Um, yeah. But, yeah, fantastic actor as well. He was also the vocal inspiration for Chris from Family Guy. <laughs> like, oh, Seth Green based God. the voice off him. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so it's my favourite movie. It's got great um, character development, keeps you on the edge of your seat because you don't know what's going to happen. That final scene where Clarice is going through with – the house and it's all turned off and you see it through Buffalo Bill's point of view, the back and forth and the psychological games are amazing. And when like the main, one of the main bad guys in it spends most of his time in a cell, simply talking, but can create enough menace and enough intimidation factor that you're like, shit, I do not want to have to deal with him on a street. Yeah. And he gets away. And the perfect thing is that uh, he literally only spends, and you can clock it, 15 minutes. I think it around 15 minutes worth of screen I think it, I think it ends up being time. like 14 minutes, 49 seconds. So it just yeah, under exactly. 15 minutes. And still won and, Best Supporting Actor, was it? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure he won Best Actor. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was Supporting or Best, but yeah. Um, Anthony Hopkins. Way, Anthony Hopkins is amazing. insane. Mm. That put Anthony Hopkins in my top five all, all-time actors list just for doing that role. Mm. Well, like, have you, like, right. admittedly then watching, like, and then Red Dragon was still great. Yeah. Hannibal was, uh, they, I didn't like how they changed the characters, but Red Dragon was still amazing. But then have you also seen um, Wright? It's him as an exorcist. No. Check it out. Fantastic movie. Um, he's an exorcist who takes in another priest who's starting to lose his faith. And yeah. then as an exorcist, he starts, he starts getting possessed. Yeah. And, ah, oh, amazing movie. Um, check it out if you haven't seen it, if you like Anthony Hopkins. If you don't, um, get off the – stop listening to the podcast that I'm on. <laughs> you are not worthy. Um, <laughs> Come on. He's like one of the true nice guys in Hollywood. Him and Keanu Reeves, everyone has to like him. Yeah, and uh, well, one other thing that's actually really interesting, and I don't know if this was just, like, Facebook bullshit, but an article I read on there is that he was diagnosed with autism. Yeah, I, I actually heard it was one of his grandchildren. Well, no, him himself and his whole thing is... So a lot of things with um people with autism is that they will stim and his is rubbing his hands. And that oh, okay. his, his main fixation is human behaviour and being able to mimic that and peruse that and he used that as an ability as a kid so that people didn't think he was weird and just so he could fit in but now he uses it as an actor to an amazing capacity yeah well yeah like the whole Hannibal thing is that he's a monster that doesn't know how to interact with people other than eating them well more than he knows how to interact with them to get what he wants yeah exactly that's what I that's what I meant like and that fits into his whole uh, the whole diagnosis of autism if you know what I mean. Like, if that's one of his ticks, that fits that character almost to a T. Mm. And also, just a quick thing, props to Mad Mickelson, who played um, Hannibal Lecter in Hannibal, the TV series, 
awesome. Loved it. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Although they did a prequel that totally... Because the Hannibal universe was going very well until they did that prequel where they explained that he became a cannibal because his sister was killed in the Holocaust, I believe it was. Yeah, Holocaust. So um, some, I think they were Russian soldiers. Yeah. Um, got there, held on to them. They ate her just to try and survive, but also fed her to him. He didn't know that until later on. And in the process, he was hunting down all the people that killed his sister and started to taste them as well. Yeah. Mm. See, I didn't like that. I prefer to Hannibal to have this ambiguous background. Prequels don't always need to happen. You don't yeah. always need to explain something. They can give you some good stuff. Like, for example, um, they gave us things like Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi, gave us Darth Maul, Count Dooku. But then they gave you things like the Anakin character who was just a whiny brat. They gave you Jar Jar Binks. I don't need to go into that one any further. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, just there's prequels have their place, and I do believe they do contribute something. Yeah, just sometimes they do. When they're done sometimes. right. And yeah. yeah. A lot of the times they just do not need to have ever happened. Mm, exactly. Yeah. What was my your favorite f- movie and why? My favorite movie is an oldie, but a classic. And. My, I want to point out before I mention this, my daughter's name is Amelia Violet, and my son's name is Augustus. Ah, uh, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. No, Willy Wonka, Willy Wonka. in the Chocolate Factory. Oh, what, you don't Charlie like the Johnny, Johnny Depp version? Charlie in Chocolate Factory is the Johnny Depp version. So which and one's I, the one you like? Willy Wonka, the original. Mm-hmm. I know it's not accurate to the book or whatever, but to me, it's just a far superior film. And that tunnel scene where they're on the boat is the greatest horror flick in the history of horror. <laughs> um, I will give props to that moment. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of said movie, but I do understand it. Um, Gene Wilder's amazing. Um, yeah. I can never deny that. I can see why a lot of people love it. It's not one that I love, but there's a lot of movies that a lot of people love that I don't enjoy. Um <laughs> But no, no, I completely get you. Um, it, the set design and the visuals in it are amazing. I can't yeah, ever deny exactly. that. Like that edible and room is just like, oh. And you know I think, what the really cool thing was? Yeah. Everything in that room was edible. Well, technically everything's edible. It's just advisable not to eat some of them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there were some plastic props in the background, but everything the actors went near was edible. Yeah. Which, like, like, we're told, stay on this path. Everything that surrounds you is edible. Mm -hmm. It's either made of toffee or chocolate milk or chocolate itself or cream. Or just even sponge sugar to make something. Yeah, exactly. And they were told, be kids in a literal chocolate factory and eat everything. Yeah, enjoy it. Okay, I just, I know I'm digressing crazy. What's a movie you really enjoy that is generally panned or not liked? Oh, that's a hard one. So the problem with me is I can watch any movie on Earth and then find enjoyment out of it. Like, uh... Okay, then watch the um, remake of um, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, whichever one it is. Oh, except for that. (laughs) Anything made by... And I'm going to alienate quite a few people here. Anything made by Tim Burton is recycled garbage. 
I definitely get you on that. There are a couple, like there are a couple of Tim Burton movies I do enjoy, but he does go very heavily with the same theme. Like I like his Batman's. I like Beetlejuice. Yeah, his early career in the eighties, yes, but anything after that is just crap. Well, see, I don't even enjoy Edward Scissorhands that much. I it has its place. That's where I turned on him, though. Like I liked, I liked Edward Scissorhands. To a point, but then anything after that was just crap. And see, I'm going to get in trouble if my wife hears me and I say I'm not the biggest fan of um, Nightmare Before Christmas either. Oh, I fucking hate that movie. I know that's going to lose a lot of (laughs) listeners and uh, make me kind of the bad guy, but it's just crap. I don't think it's crap per se. I just think it's, it's just not my thing. And I'm like, I was... I was a pseudo goth as a teen and stuff, so it should have been right up my alley. But it's like, eh. That being said, I do love. Have you heard the um, soundtrack they did for it, where they did um, like a heap of metal and punk artists did remixes of it, no. of the songs. No. So Manson singing um, "This Is Halloween." That would be pretty good. Yeah, brilliant musician, horrible person. Um, yeah. Corn uh, doing um, "Kidnap the Sandy Claws." Oh. I'd be interested. Very, very entertaining. I'll send it through to you after this. But yeah, it's a pretty good album. It's a good bit of fun because it's just oh. so unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anything done by Tim Burton, I don't really like. But uh, a movie that I quite like that most people don't like is uh, Rockstar Never Stop Never Stopping. I haven't Have started watching it, but I've seen pretty positive. Like, I've seen bits and pieces where I'd probably enjoy it. That's the one with, um, what's his name? Andy Samberg. Yeah, that's it. I was going to say, um, it's Andy Serkis, th- and it's like, no, that's not him. It's made by the all three members of the Lonely Island. So kind of like ta- Hot Rod. Kind of like Hot Rod, but it's a satirical takeoff of, of the entire pop music genre. Like, uh, they're essentially supposed to be the Beastie Boys. That and then uh, Connor, who is uh, Andy Samberg's main character, is supposed to be Justin Bieber. Yeah, his first album is called Thriller, also, and outsold Thriller. Mm. And then his second album was just crap. And then they get the band back together. So sounds about like, right. Yeah, yeah, it got panned by all the critics and a lot of fans hated it. But I think it's one of the best movies out there. <laughs> See, for me, and this is mostly from uh, growing up with it as a kid, and, like, this movie has been hated by its director. Um, it was generally panned, but um, I love it to this day, and that's Hook with um, Robin Williams. Yeah, like, that's a great movie, and uh, what's his Spielberg name? Spielberg hates it, apparently. Spielberg hates it? Yeah. Wow. He hates Hook, but he thinks that Ready Player One is one of the greatest movies of all time. Each their own, but like the whole like Robin Williams as an aged Peter Pan was just well, Robin Williams. Robin Williams is amazing, and like when he repeats that same sort of character when he played um, when he was big. Oh no, Jack. Yeah. Sorry, Jack, Jack and yeah. Big as Tom Hanks. I do apologize for that one. Still a great movie, but um, yeah, like yeah, like Hook was generally panned, but I watched that movie and I can't help but grin the entire time. <laughs> it's got that. Beautiful and bit of childish wonderment. What's his name as playing Hawk? Um, 
Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman, that's his name. So and, I'm terrible with names. And like Julia Roberts as Tinkerbell, fantastic. Um, yeah. What's her name? Dame, the woman who played McGonagall in Harry Potter, Maggie. Oh, uh, oh fuck. I went to say Maggie Sif, but that's a chick from uh, Sons of Anarchy. Um, oh, Either, shit. We can't remember a name off the top of her head, but that woman has to have found like the um, Fountain of Youth or something. Because each <laughs> movie she comes out in, she's just looking younger and younger. Because she went from that into um, she was in Mrs. Doubtfire, yeah, and she didn't look anywhere near as frail. Then she was McGonagall, who's an—I'm not a Harry Potter fan, but McGonagall is an absolute badass, and she performed yeah. that. Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith, that's it. Yeah. Um, I knew it started off an ass, that's why I went Sith. And then I'm like, no, that's wrong. If you had a speech impediment, you'd almost be there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Maggie Smith and Weird Al Yankovic have to have found the Fountain of Youth or something. They just keep looking younger. Well, uh, the other one is uh, Helen Mirren. Have you seen her in a beginning? She looks like a 16-year-old. Oh, uh, she's it's Helen Mirren. Like She's probably my oldest celebrity crush. Meaning well, oldest is in age. Um, my wife gave me a whole pass for her if I ever meet her and have the opportunity just purely for science. <laughs> purely for science. What scientific discovery are you going to make? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm going to find out. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what your hypothesis is. On a future thing, you have to send me like your hypothesis or something of your scientific discovery. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so we've got to keep moving on. So... Um, your second topic was outside of the MCU, who has the best cinematic universe? And guess what? I'm going to start this with a um, tangent. So um, I was watching <laughs> a thing the other day. So oh, actually, I'll give you the answer and then I'll go on the tangent. My, I love the cinematic, the View Askewiverse, which is the um, Kevin Smith Clerks universe. I, uh, also known as the Jay and Silent Bob universe. But the funny thing is, that cinematic universe is actually a part of the MCU. Really? How so? So, so I watched this theory online and um, Kevin Smith was showing it and it was fantastic. So in Mallrats, um, Stan Lee makes an appearance. Yeah. Then in Captain Marvel, Stan Lee is on a bus reading the Mallrats script. Oh, shit. The coin drops. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. So, yeah, I am looking forward to a day where, like, they're doing, like, let's just use Spider-Man as an example. He's um, chasing some criminals down a um, an alleyway and someone's superpower comes out and Spider-Man starts getting beat. And we just hear, like, snooch motherfucking booches. And there's Jane Silent Bob helping Spider-Man out. I would mark out something chronic. I would be giggling for hours i would be clapping in the middle of the theater like a 60 year old um that means though mm -hmm. if the giant silent bobs are part of the mcu what man and chronic no no uh scream is part of the mcu as yep, well by extension and also um i'd love to see mark camel come in as cockknocker <laughs> knocker oh god damn that would be good <laughs> Uh, I, I, on a tangent, I cannot wait for the, uh, now that you bring up Mark Hamill, the What If animated series to come out, because in the What If animated series, they can do 
the thing I've been waiting for since Disney bought uh, Marvel and since Disney bought Star Wars in the Star Wars MCU crossover. They've done it in the comics and it worked, Mm. but I want to see it on a screen. It has potential, but it also has huge potential to disappoint. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Anything that big, of course, does. But at the same time, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be them. See, I'd like to specify, like with that, make it Guardians of the Galaxy traveling around with Han Solo and Chewie. Yeah. Well, like, it's a crossover. You can literally do whatever you want. Mm. Have Thanos fight uh, Darth Vader. The fans have always argued who's the best villain in the history of film, Thanos or Darth Vader. Best villain's Vader, but most powerful is a different story, and the fight would be interesting. The fight would be interesting because Thanos wouldn't be able to use his power, like his strength, because Um, all all Darth Vader would have to do is stand 10 feet away and choke him. Also depends, is this Thanos with the stones or not? See, that's another basket altogether. Because technically, Vader could just hold his fingers open with the Force. Mm. So you oh, could absolutely. never click. But then, just another thing to add to that, are we also including military might? And I'd say Thanos would win there because his soldiers can actually hit things that aren't Ewoks. <laughs> and then you've got, all of, you've got all of Thanos' generals, which also are part of his power. Yeah, true. Yeah. Whereas See, Vader has Vader has the Emperor as a boss, can bring in Boba Fett, who like skilled warrior, can't deal with the amount that he'd be dealing with. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry, I was cutting you off there. No, no, I agree with you, man. Like, uh it it has its problems, it has its issues, but at the same time would be great. It'd be very entertaining and just the cartoon explosions alone could be awesome. Exactly, because like yeah, what if is totally animated, so you don't have to worry about James Old Jones being that like a hundred and forty years old. You don't have to <laughs> worry about Mark Hamill being like eighty nine or whatever he is. You don't have to worry about uh, what's his name, um, Han Solo being like three thousand years old. You don't and have hating to worry Star about Wars. Yeah, you don't have to worry about the fact that the guy that played Chewbacca died. You don't have to worry about all that stuff. Or all the others that have died. Yeah. We'll see 3PO and the guy that played Vader. 3PO's still alive. Oh, no. R2-G2 R2's dead. R2's dead. Leia's dead. Yeah. Um, The body actor for Vader. Um... The body, the body actor, actor for, for well, Chewie. He actually did the voice, then it got altered. If you've ever watched um, the award scene from um, A New Hope without the sound effects and the music, oh, God, you laugh. Because he actually does the roar for Chewie, but then it gets altered. <laughs> oh, sh- like, seriously, I'll send that to you as well. It is so funny. Like, you will actively, like, piss yourself laughing. More so than your usual piss yourself. Uh, <laughs> okay. But, yeah, um... I'll say the viewer skewerverse. That's probably my favorite outside of the MCU. Um, it's going to expand so far. And I love Jane and Silent Bob. I think they're both great characters. Um, very entertaining. I love Dogma. Dogma is an amazing movie. The others are all good, like Clerks, Small Rats, 
Um, Jane Summer Bob Strikes Back. Still have some love for them. But yeah, Dogmas, I love that movie. That also explains how in the uh, Jane Summer Bob reboot, have you seen I haven't it seen, yet? I, actually, I haven't seen it yet, no. So Okay, the, so I won't finish that thought because I would have given a spoiler away. But uh, uh, yeah, my favourite cinematic universe outside the MCU I well, I was tempted to say the Star Wars but that's kind of a gimme so was uh, I like it was so tempting but then again some of the recent Star Wars have kind of let that down yeah exactly um, like Han Solo people were like oh that was a great movie no it fucking wasn't it no, didn't see, need to be made it didn't need to be made but I actually enjoyed Solo it did suffer because it came after what was it Last Jedi yeah. So it suffered because of that. Um, well, I actually quite enjoyed Solo, mainly because Han actually shot first in it. Um, yeah. Woody Harrelson's great. Like, I thought it was... A, yeah. I enjoyed it. It wasn't like... Everything with Woody Harrelson is made better. Oh, yeah, that's why I'm but excited. at the Carnage. same time, I didn't want to know, and I still don't need to know where Han Solo came from. I respected the fact that his character had a bit of mystique and a bit of ambiguity about him. You wanted him to be the mysterious scoundrel. Yeah, exactly, and that's what he was. And then they ruined all that in, like, two hours of shit. And Woody Harrelson. Yeah, that's where the other 45 minutes come from. But even, are you, are you saying you weren't <laughs> even excited a little bit by the um, cameo appearance of Darth Maul at the end? That got me excited, but if anyone's ever watched any of the animated series, they know he was alive the whole time. Yeah, but seeing him on the screen again was nice. Like, don't get me wrong, I love the animated series, but yeah. Oh, he's coming back in, I think it's Obi-Wan. I hope he does, but I'm interesting, interested as to why, considering Obi-Wan, the series, is based on him being on Tatooine, and they've shown that in, was it Rebels? Where yeah. they have that final fight. Um, yeah. So I am curious as to how they're going to do that. Um, I'd like to see him come up in the Bad Batch, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, he might. He, he, but they've reintroduced him properly into the universe. Like, I'm not saying that Rebels and uh, the other one... Uh, I'm terrible with names, but the other Clone show. Wars? What was that? Rebels and Clone Wars? Yeah, that's it. Uh, not saying that they weren't good because they were fucking phenomenal. I'm saying that uh, seeing them in live action is a different thing altogether. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 100% agree with that. Um, and the only one they could bring back that would get me more excited is Qui Gon. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some flashbacks with Qui-Gon. Yeah. In the Obi-Wan series. Um, but yeah, like, I'm so pumped for the Obi-Wan series, Bad Batch. They're doing a Rogue Squadron series, the Cassian Andor series, pumped for all of them. So, but yeah, yeah you said instead of Star Wars, I've, we've, we've gone on a tangent. Such a surprise. <laughs> well, there was Star Wars, there's a DCEU, like the Expanded Universe, there's all that stuff. I'm not going to go with any of them. I'm actually going to go... With the Tarantino universe. Oh, nicely done. I forgot about the Tarantino universe, which only, it only has slight links, but it's enough that it's all linked in. Yeah. Like, uh, the link between Rats Fire Dogs and Pulp Fiction is the, uh, the Vegas Brothers. Brothers. Yeah, the Vegas Brothers. Which was going to be the third film, which ended up becoming Jackie Brown, which is connected through, oh, fuck. I'm trying to remember how that one's connected. 
The I can't remember. Briefcase is also a connection through it all as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's a connection through, I think, one other film. The uh, Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2 are connected through Pulp Fiction. Kill Bill 1 and the 2... The Hattori Hanzo sword that um, Bruce Willis wields. Not even that. It's so cool the way this is connected. Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2 never happened in reality in the Tarantino universe. They're movies inside the movie. Kind of like, you... the whole, like the whole Grindhouse pictures and then having Machete come out as a movie. Yeah, exactly. But if you uh, listen to Uma Thurman's character in Pole Fiction, she describes the fact that she was doing this pilot episode for the show that is probably going to become a movie. And the plot she puts out is exactly the same plot as the Kill Bill series. Okay. I like and that. The, then you've got uh, Inglorious Bastards. The grandfather of Brad Pitt's character is the grandfather. Of, uh, sorry, not the grandfather. The uh, grandson of Brad Pitt's character, or the son of Brad Pitt's character, is in, I think, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I still haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but yeah. And then uh, you've got Hayfway. The uh, grandfather of the one of the Inglorious Bastards is uh, Kurt Russell. In um, Hateful Eight? Yeah. And by the way, Channing Tatum was fucking awesome in that. Hateful Eight was fantastic. I loved it. A little tidbit about Hateful Eight. You know that scene where Kurt Russell smashed the guitar? The one that's playing it, Kurt Russell gets the shits grabs the guitar and smashes it. He did not realize that guitar was on loan from, I think it was the Smithsonian, and it was worth almost $80,000. He thought it was a prop, and he just smashed it on the ground. And he was like, oh, fuck. When Tarantino got cut, he goes, you realize you broke like a prices." piece of uh heirloom effectively historical heirloom and he was like oh shit but yeah uh the way it's connected is so intricate and so amazing to me that it's just yeah i would have to put that up there as my favorite universe oh it's a good universe i do really love the tarantino universe um yeah no love it i love your answer it's great and also green apple cigarettes they're connected through the whole thing, and okay. which just makes it even funnier because the movie uh, Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion mm-hmm. is technically a part of the Tarantino universe. The more important question is, um, oh, what is it? What's the one with him and Clooney where they go to the strip club and then it turns into vampires? Dawn to Dusk. Yeah. Is that technically part of the same universe? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. They're doing a series about that, too. Yeah, I know. They actually made, like, a bunch of sequels to it as well. But uh, the reason why Tarantino was in it is because the scene where Tarantino was in Pulp Fiction, he let, uh, what's his name, Um, Del Toro direct that scene. No, not Del Toro, Robert Rodriguez. I always get those two mixed up. Because their names sound so similar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, it is just so intricately combined that it just works to me. And I love it. No, oh, fair enough. Like I, I love a lot of the subtleties like that in it, but also just the characters that Tarantino develops are fantastic. Um, yeah, I love it all. But yeah, good universe. And the feet. And the feet. Don't know why you. I can understand you being a foot fetishist, considering how mangled up your feet are. <laughs> it's like you look down. It's like, oh, there has to be something prettier than this, and anyone's feet look better compared to yours. It's funny because that's like the one fetish I don't have. Ah, <laughs> oh, gross. Not that I'm kink shaming, but it's just like, uh, I just, I've never understood foot fetish. Everyone of their own, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, your third one, 1994 in film. Will it ever happen again? Is it that great? I was going to say, was it that great? Yes, it fucking well was. It's considered the greatest year in uh, film's history. I'm sorry, like, yes, it was a consistently good year, but would I say it's the greatest? Like, um, like here, like, I was doing a bit of research into this one, and um, let me just quickly get it up, what I was researching. Uh, 1994 movies, and let's just go the um. So here's some examples of things that really didn't need to happen in 1994. And when everyone says it's the greatest era in movies, then there's these. So the next Not Karate era, Kid, just straight well, year. Yeah, the next Karate Kid was there. Yeah, fair enough. That didn't need to happen, but it introduced where's, where's, the world. Where's, where's Craven's new nightmare? Okay, that was good. It was a good movie, don't get me wrong, but the Freddy Krueger horse had not only been beaten to death, it had been yeah, beaten into, like, rebirth, like a phoenix, like it had been hit so that hard. That was the point in the movie. It was meta. Like, the new I know, it was meta, but... Him into reality. Oh, yeah. So, other movies. Baby's Day Out. That was great. <laughs> don't tell me that wasn't great. That was a great movie. The Little Rascals. That was awesome, dude. It's uh, it's enjoyable, but would I say it's amongst like the best year ever for movies? No. Um, Easily. The Street Fighter movie. Okay. Got me there. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. That was awesome. Robert it wasn't De Niro. Awesome. It was very Robert average De Niro at best. as Frankenstein was fucking awesome. Like, don't get me wrong, there are some amazing movies in here. Clerks, as I said before, for the viewers, skew of us. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's also things like Nell, if people haven't seen Nell, amazing movie. Yes. Um, the Mask, The Crow, The Shawshank Redemptions, Speed exactly. to a Lesser Degree, Natural Born Killers, yes. Wait, um, wait, wait, wait. Did you just say Speed to a Lesser Degree? Speed is average at best. It's just a generic 90s action movie. Speed was so good that it still gets referenced to to this day. Yeah, because it, it was, was ori- <laughs> it was it had an original enough concept and enough one-liners that it could do that. Then it makes it a not a generic action movie for an original concept. <sighs> okay, let me rephrase. Sorry. <laughs> Plus, it introduced the it world a- to Sandy B. Yeah, and to be honest, Sandra Bullock hasn't done much else recently. Like, she had what? She won Miscon- an Oscar. I'm not denying she didn't. But, like, <laughs> what, what is the most recent movie? I have no idea and I don't care. 
Well, why bring it well, up as a topic? Say, oh, I'd introduced well, her like it was a big thing. The first movie was Speed, and Keanu Reeves and Sandy B playing off each other was perfect. Mm. I'm not denying that, but I'm not saying it's the amazing plus movie Dennis, that everyone says it was. Plus but like Dennis here. Hopkins and uh, what's his name, uh, Jeff Daniels. It was fucking awesome. Okay, these are the top top ten um, grossing movies. You passed over Shawshank Redemption. No, I was about of, to actually say it. One of, if not the greatest films of all time. Shawshank's amazing. I'm a big Stephen King fan, so I love Shawshank. Yeah. Um, okay, so these are the top ten movies. And some of these I'll say, yes, amazing movie. Others I'll be like, eh. Like it hasn't stood the test of time or it wasn't even that good when it came out. And so, I reserve the right to argue at every point. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not going to deny that. Um, that's what I'd expect, to be honest. So do you want me to do top 10, top 15, or top 20? Might as well go top 20. Fuck it, we're blowing this shit out anyway. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, number one top grossing movie was The Lion King. Okay, I've got respect for The Lion King. I love it as a yeah. movie. Not original, oh, it's when, just... When I was a kid, it was one of the greatest animated films of all time, and to the point where even my kids love it. No, but, Oh, well, like, you talk to anyone that grew up in our era, and most of them will say that The Lion King is an amazing movie. I'm not denying yeah. that. Um, the next is Forrest Gump. Great movie. Um, hasn't entirely stood the test of time as, like, this yeah, meta movie. It's terribly well, but... Still like, a great movie. Good meta commentary. Good fun. Yeah. And it was one of Tom Hanks' best in the 90s, which is saying something... Oh, yeah. He won like 20,000 Oscars in that decade. <laughs> no exaggeration either. That's that's an exact fact. You should look it up. Um, <laughs> number three was True Lies. Oh, you can't say that wasn't a great movie. It's it's a very enjoyable movie, but it's not iconic. Bullshit, it's not iconic. You go through the freaking... Jamie uh, Lee Curtis's pole dancing scene is fucking iconic. Yeah, and, and that's an iconic scene. Is it an iconic movie? From, a, you, from an you, iconic movie. That poster itself up, where Arnie's holding the gun is iconic. Yes, but then you talk... Okay, let's go... Let's, let's, let's right now, say the top three or even top five Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. You're going to get Terminator 1 and 2. Mm, yeah. You can't argue with either of those. I, I, I will put them as one point because he's playing the same character. It's still different movies. And the thing is, you're not going to bring up three, four, or five with uh, whichever ones that had him in it because they're not iconic Schwarzenegger movies. Yeah, true. Um, one and two. And he's, he's not playing the same character. He's playing a different character. He's, he's bad guy. T-800, t- he speaks 15 lines in the second one and eight lines in the first one. And Anthony Hopkins was only on screen for 15 minutes. What's your point? Yeah, and he still spoke more lines. <laughs> but no, the thing is, they're still different characters. Like, they're both the same model. One's a hero, one's a bad guy. You see a complete different... No, they're the same character with different motives. They're different characters. They're different robots. They're not. It's they're the same model. T-800s, they're the cool. same robot with if you remember, he programming. Doesn't... Yeah, well... No, because the first, the second one doesn't remember anything from the first movie, and he has to teach him all that stuff. But the first one doesn't know anything about the 80s or whenever it was when he was dropped in, and he doesn't know about the sequel coming up. 
<laughs> of course he doesn't. That's a bit too exactly. meta. <laughs> anyway, I'm still going to say they're two separate movies. You got to put Kindergarten Cop on the list because it was Arnie's Ooh. main foray into comedy action. Oh, I yeah, okay. What are the other? You got to bring up his first one being Conan. Yeah, okay. And the final one that I will say is reiterate that is Conan the Barbarian. Yes, yes, the first one. Conan the Destroyer. Yes, yes, absolutely. Although that was a good film in its own right. And then Predator. Yeah. Okay. And Uh, then even then, if we were to go a sixth, I would put Commando there. Yeah, maybe. See, my top would be Terminator 1 and 2, and unlike you, yes, I am going to put them in the same point. <laughs> why, don't you just add the, why don't you just add the monstrosities that were the future, or like, do you not talk about them like the Matrix sequels? No, only the James Cameron directed ones. Okay. I'm going to say directed because he was only a producer on Dark Fate, which is the worst thing to ever happen to cinema since Tim Burton. Uh, <laughs> I was waiting for you to do that just so I, in case you were going to do that, just so I could be a smart ass there. Um, <laughs> but number two, oh, fuck. Probably Predator. And number three would be. Probably Twins with Dane DeVito. I do rate Twins quite highly. It didn't make my top five or six, but I do rate it highly. It's uh, To me, uh, that image of him and Dane DeVito was just perfect. And the only ones I could ever see matching that are Peter Dinklage, even though uh, Dane DeVito is not a little person, and Dwayne Johnson. But uh, that's number three. Number four would be Running Man. Yep. <laughs> no, I, can't, f- I can't deny Running Man. Once again, it's a... And the thing is, I even forgot Last Action Hero. Yeah, I was going to say number five would be Last Action Hero. Cool. I'm, I see you've not brought True Lies up once. Yeah. It doesn't mean it wasn't iconic. I wouldn't say it's iconic. I'm not going to deny it's good. It's definitely good, but not iconic. Okay, continue on the list. The Flintstones movie. Come on, man. That was a great movie. I, I love mean, John Goodman. I love Rick Moranis. Well, um, they were perfectly cast as Bonnie and uh, Fred. Absolutely. It's not a good movie. It's not an amazing movie. It's just a Flintstones movie. Like It's it's fun. It's but, still iconic, and it's better than the sequels. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's without a doubt. But that being number four on apparently the best year in cinema? Come on, no. like it wouldn't no. have been. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no. but the Hanna-Barbera animated universe, which includes uh, Scooby-Doo, come on, that, movie, that TV show had been around for 40 years. Of course it was going to be a uh, smash hit when it became a... Cinematic live action film. I'm not That's, saying it's. I'm not saying it's a that, bad movie. I'm just saying I'm it's not, not saying part it of the best. the best movie of all time. And I'm not saying it's the best live action of a cartoon of all time. I'm saying that the sheer history behind the TV show would have made it evident that it was going to make it a highest grossing film. But by the way, Shawshank Redemption 
which is widely considered as one of the greatest films, if not the greatest yeah. film of all time, tanked in 1994. Oh, yeah, it didn't so even make these, the top 20. These uh, grossings aren't something that you have to go by. Okay, that's fair. So let's go um, top-rated movies from that era. So what was it, 1994? Yeah. Like, I've looked through the list, and there are some iconic things, and I'll say it's a good year for movies. I won't deny that ever. But, um... Search popular movies. Best movies of 1994. So Forrest Gump, as we've said, amazing. Shawshank, yeah. amazing. Pop yeah. Fiction, amazing. Lion King, amazing. To Live. Never. Don't know To Live? No, I don't know that one. Um, Leon the Professional? Yeah. Don't know it. I wouldn't be able to judge. Clerks is after that. I do love Clerks. Yeah. Um, Four Weddings and a Funeral? Eh. Come on, man. You're so skeptical. That movie, for I'm not what skeptical. it was, was great. It's enjoyable, but as I said, greatest part of the greatest? No. Interview with a vampire? Interview great. with a vampire, sorry. Great movie. Uh, it's average. Excellent book adaptation. Uh, answers the world too. I can never pronounce the name. It's either Kirsten or Kirsten Dunst. Mm, Tom see- Cruise got to... Plays hand at a serious role, and Brad Pitt got to prove that he's more than a body in a dick. Oh, absolutely! And the thing is, I'm not and a fan Christian of Christian Slater. Christian Slater's a good to average, a good to great actor. I like Pitt. I don't like Tom Cruise as an actor. He's overshadowed in pretty much every movie he's in. Yeah. Um, and Kirsten Dunst is eh. I'm not the biggest fan of her. Um, like she's a good, she's a good enough actress. Just never did anything as an actor for me. I'm not talking sexually here. I'm not being a pig. <laughs> um, just never did anything for me as an actress. Um, Dumb and Dumber. Okay, I'll rate it. It's not. Yeah, come on. Fer- I will like Farley Brothers classic. See, of the three um, Jim Carrey movies that came out that year, I will say Dumb and Dumber is the weakest of the three. What else came out that year? The Mask. Dumb and, and Ace Ventura. And Ace Ventura. Oh, okay. Yep. Fair but enough. even then, Dumb and Dumber, I, it doesn't even make my top 50 favorite movies. But then again, like, out of that year, Dumb and Dumber is an iconic movie. Yeah, but we're not still... talking about iconic movies of that year. We're saying that this year of movies is the best ever. It is, though. It is not. Three. You just named three giant classic films starring one actor. Yeah. In the Mars, Ace Ventura, and Dumb and Dumber. And they are great. That year great. will never doesn't happen mean, again. It hasn't happened before. And the thing is, you can't just look at a year of movies. Like, if you're saying a movie, a year of movies is the greatest year ever, you also got to look at the weakest options as well. Well, like, okay, if you're saying that 1994 isn't the greatest year in cinema's history. What is? What is? I actually don't have a greatest year in movie history. I think they all have their strengths and weaknesses. I mean, they I'll do, always... But that year had more strengths than weakness. Uh, okay, let's just quickly look up <laughs> the bottom movies of 1994. 1994 Stinker's Bad Movie Awards. Oh, wait, no, wait, sorry. Here's a better one. IMDb, Worst Films of 1994. Okay. So these are ones that people would know. So House Party 3, 
Okay. Um, Wagons East. Don't know if you know oh, it's a western. Yeah, and it was John Candy's last ever role. And it was bad. It was bad, but it was so iconic for being his last ever role. Just because something's iconic doesn't mean it's good. And the thing is that this was the greatest thing in cinema. Not that they're iconic. The only True. time iconic was brought up was when we were talking about True Lies and whether or not it was an iconic um, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. And we both came to the conclusion that it's not because of all the ones that we put before it that are more iconic. No, no, you came to the conclusion. I said he has <laughs> more iconic movies, but that is still iconic. And it's still agree a great to disagree. Movie. We'll agree to... Oh, I'm not saying it's not a great movie. It's just not an iconic one. But anyway, agree to disagree. So getting even with Dad. Come on, um, man. The Specialist. I'm not sure which one that is. The Specialist, Sylvester Stallone and Sharon Stone. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It was all right. In the oh. Army Now with Paulie Shaw. Oh, come on. That was great. No. Um, it really wasn't. Lightning it Jack really with was. It was Lightning awesome. Jack with Paul Hogan. Okay. That was shit. Um, the next Karate Kid. Okay, that was shit. But Double Dragon give, movie. It did give us Hillary Swank. Uh, Double Dragon movie. That was it was shit. It was better than Mortal Kombat Annihilation, but it was still shit. Most things were. Yeah. Um, even a really like a movie that from a really good franchise, Beverly Hills Cop Three. Not as good as its predecessors, but if it was on its own, it still would have been good. The Street Fighter movie, as I said before. Okay, yeah. Three Ninjas Kick Back. Okay, yes. Um, Terrible. North. Which um, one's North? Bruce Willis is this recurring character stalking this kid. It's weird. Um, okay. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember who the, the the director was. Someone big, and it was a really bizarre movie for them to do. Um, Elijah Wood was the kid in it. Yeah, His, I can't uh, the director was Rob Reiner. Really? Yeah. So the full cast and crew for North. Um, let me just go the cast. So this is the cast, and on paper, it's got some decent actors in it. So um, Elijah Wood. Jason Alexander. Yeah. Um, Julia Louise Dreyfus. Yeah. It's funny because she was actually married to Jason Alexander's character in the movie. <laughs> um, let me see who else. Jussie Smollett. Um, Mark Shaman. Let me see who else. Bruce Willis was the narrator, another character in it. Like It had a good... Potential, but yeah, just failed hard and was just shite. So it's one of those movies that had a huge ensemble cast and it ended up being shit. And it was based off a kid's book. Well, there's your problem right there. Um, Terminal Velocity. Yeah. Renaissance mm. Man with Danny DeVito. Okay, I don't know that one. Okay, this is one that's going to hurt people that it, it is rated so low, but I'm going to rate it high. The Page Master. Oh, come on. That was a great movie. It was, but not critically. Yeah, but the critics are fucking idiots. Hmm. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like the Richie Rich movie. That When I was a kid, that was the shit. I mean, he had a roller coaster in his yard. He had a McDonald's in his house. Yes, 
And you know what? You know who else had stuff like that? Michael Jackson. I'm sure you don't want to go to his house. I would love to go to his house. With him there as a child? Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to say that I don't think it's that great. Um, I do think it's got some great moments in there, but I think, like, you can't look at how great something is unless you look at the bottom. Like, if you say the greatest nation on earth, most so many Americans will say America, but then they look, then you go, okay, let's look at how poor the lowest part is. And it's like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, but to that extent, that you just mentioned the bottom of the list, and maybe six out of ten, I said, come on, that is still a great movie. Is it a great movie still, or is it a great movie because of nostalgia? Page Master. Still nostalgia. a great movie. Nostalgia. But it's still a great... I watched it literally last week, and it's still a great movie. <sighs> I think we're going to have to agree to disagree on this topic. I don't think I it's... Think- as- I think it's a great year, but I don't think it's that great. I think it is the best year in cinema history, and it will never happen again. Okay, I'm going to do more research in this into this, and if we have a, um, if I get invited for a follow up one, <laughs> I will, I will come up with a better year. Okay, Good we will luck. probably disagree. Yeah, but we'll see. I'm not saying it was the greatest era of that. Three years stretch was pretty fucking good. I mean, Sansa oh, yeah. has won best year before it. Forrest Gump won best year in '94, and Braveheart won best year in '95. Uh, see, Braveheart has aged so bad. Um, well, it has, but it, it's still an iconic, great movie. Mm. Just but wish it was a bit more historically era, accurate. Yeah, so do I. But uh, that era was not. Considered the golden age of cinema. The golden age no, that was of cinema way back. That was, was long before that. Yeah. Um, it was in the 50s. And I think, what, Jurassic Park came out in 95? No. Jurassic Park came out in, like, 92, maybe 93. Really? Yeah. The sequel came out in, like, 95, 96. It would have to have at least been 93 for Jurassic Park. 93. There you go. So that's part of those three years you were talking. But those special effects in Jurassic Park still hold up to this day. There's some parts of it that amazing. There are some parts of that of it that are dated. I'm never going to deny that. Like Jurassic Park's one of my favorite movies. And that concludes episode two, part two of the J Ladder series. There will be part three coming next week. Do you agree with Jay that 1994 in film is overrated or do you agree with me that it is one of the greatest years for film ever or the greatest film year ever? Uh, if you, whatever side of the fence you follow and comment on one of the uh, posts about the episode, uh, send us an email before IWC uh, at gmail.com or send me a tweet, Tom underscore Dom 89, that's T O M underscore D O M 89, or like get in contact with us through Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash the before it was called podcast, all one word. Now, uh, 
next week we're going to be talking about all comedy. It's going to be a shorter episode than these two last two episodes. They ran for around an hour each. Uh, third episode is going to run significantly shorter than that. It will be around 40 minutes. And, uh, yeah... So, I've been Tom Roberts, your general host, and for Jay Later, I'd like to say uh, thank you for listening, like, share, and subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast, and uh, yeah, goodbye, see you later.